0: Welcome back to Life on a Mission. Uh, I'm so glad to have you guys back. This week, I had the privilege of having on the executive director of Bernheim Forest, Mark Worms. Um, he has worked out there for quite some time, but I got to have him on this week because there's a particular situation going on between Bernheim Forest and lg and And I won't uh, spoil anything for you, but we basically get to dive into some detail about what's going on out there. But then also, we get to just discuss basically everything that Bernheim Forest does as a nature conservation and as a beautiful park that people can go to and enjoy the day with their family. Um, But yeah, I was so excited to have him on Uh, We got to talk about anything and everything, and it was just a great time. I learned a lot from him, and I think you'll learn a lot from him, too. Also, before we get into that, though, please subscribe to the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Google Play. Uh, And then also follow us on social media um, if you want to keep up to date on what's going on, projects for the future, um, new episodes to come out things like that. Just give us a follow on social media and stay up to date with what all is going on. And then also, uh, if you like what's going on here, if you like what you hear, you like the things that you're learning or your heart goes out to any of the people that I've had on my podcast, the missionaries, the charities, the nonprofits, people who are basically living their life on a mission, trying to make their world a better place. Uh, I'd ask that you prayerfully consider donating to the podcast in some way. Uh, we have a donation page; it's on Patreon. Um, you can go there. It's under George Shadburn, Life on a Mission. You can sign up to donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month. Um, I don't want to ask any more than that. I don't feel like it's necessary because you know this is a podcast. It's a it's a talk show. It's you know not really anything else more than that. So. I want you guys to feel like you can contribute in some way, but I don't want to ask you to give an arm and a leg to it, you know. But with all that being said, anything that you decide to give or support in any way goes so far with me and anybody that I have on my podcast. It's amazing and we really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody who has donated so far. Um, Thanks to you guys, we're able to continue doing this. And uh, it's just been a really, really nice um, time just being able to do all this. So yeah, anyways, here is Mark Worms with Bernheim Forest, and this is Life on a Mission. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Mark Worms, Executive Director of Bernheim Forest, correct? Correct. Cool. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's my honor. Um, so, you know, I, I love all things nature and conservation and everything, and so when I heard about this situation, essentially, that was happening kind of in my own backyard, I wanted to reach out and talk to somebody about it and everything, but... I'll, uh, I'll hand it off to you to kind of, you know, tell the audience the situation that's going on at Bernheim Forest and, you know, just kind of what's going on. Sure.
1: So. Uh, first, maybe just a little bit about Bernheim Forest, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a rather unique place in the eastern United States and certainly here in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and that is that we are celebrating our 90th anniversary this year. Nice. And so 90 years ago, our founder, Isaac Wolf Bernheim, Uh, who made a lot of money in the bourbon distilling industry, uh, at the age of 65 decided to give back to the people of Kentucky for allowing him to live the American dream. Cool. And so he bought 13,300 acres of land that was all decrepit, over-farmed, over-logged, in some cases minerals removed, Mm -hmm. and, and he knew that nature was restorative and regenerative. And he believed that all people, regardless of race, creed, or economic status, would benefit from time and nature. And so he created the Isaac Wolf Bernheim Foundation and Bernheim Arboretum and Research Forest. So this year we're celebrating our 90th anniversary, as I said, Mm -hmm. and we are now 16,137 acres in size. So we've been adding some land for conservation purposes, primarily, Mm -hmm. and of course our mission is connecting people with nature on this 25.5 square miles of land that we have. So we have uh, some wonderful things going on to connect people with nature, from art and nature to research uh, to educational programs and big Mm -hmm. public events. So that is Bernheim. Nice. Well, for the first time in 90 years, we are faced with two threats, Yeah. two external threats. One is LG&E, Louisville Gas and Electric, mm-hmm. uh, wants to push a pipeline through our conservation land. Mm. That pipeline would carry natural gas. And so the, the, the threat is, one, that uh, a swath, 4,000 feet long, Mm 3 quarters of a mile long, and up to 75 feet wide would be cut through our forest. Mm. The pipeline dug through, regardless of springs and streams and hillsides and erosion, would be cut through our land and would be forever maintained, we hope. Because we know what happens when pipelines are not properly maintained. Mm So that is one threat that we're facing right now. The second threat, at the same time, hmm. is a study by the Department of Transportation looking at proposed routes for a interstate connector. And this would be from I-65 that heads north-south to the east-west I-71. Yeah. And in Louisville, we already have the... The, the Watterson connector, mm-hmm. I um, uh, 264, mm-hmm. we already have um, the, the Gene Snyder yeah. interstate connector, which loop, is mm-hmm. the outer loop, uh, mm-hmm. 265, and they're proposing some route yeah. for yet another connector between those highways. Okay. The, the trouble of that is, is that there are 12 study routes. And at least four or five of those would cut across Bernheim land if they're adopted. And Mm. that, of course, would be a huge take of Bernheim, but it would also be a huge take of farmland and open space and other forest lands and horse land and everything else right up through about four or five counties. So these two threats are facing Bernheim for the yeah. first time in 90 years.
0: Is this the first time that y'all have faced, like, any threat of anything cutting through? Or is it the first time that two things have been Well, proposed? little both. We, yeah. we
1: do have some existing pipelines cutting across Bernheim. Yeah. And part of that is because we've been pieced together over time. Mm. Part of that is, at the time, you know, people thought, well, you know, for the war effort or those kinds of things... Uh, it's you know it, it, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this now is about just sheer economic development right. now. let me let me say this very clearly. Bernheim's not against economic development, right? And we're not against any kind of regional growth. but what we want to do is do that in a planned way, a smart way, a way where conservation can keep track, yeah. can keep up, with development yeah. and right now conservation lands are rare and Kentucky has very few mm-hmm. conservation easements on lands and so to, to break a conservation easement we can talk about that in a minute Yeah, is, is a horrible precedent
0: mm. well I was uh, looking online at some of what was going on too and apparently there are um, I want to say protected species and things like that that are in Bernheim as well Um, If this highway or expressway and pipeline are gone through there, what would be the overall just kind of environmental impact if they were to end up doing that?
1: Well, one of the unique aspects about Bernheim environmentally is it's large Mm -hmm. and it's largely unbroken. We have very few roads crossing that 16,000 acres. We have very few transmission lines or pipelines crossing that 16,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Every time you create a new break,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: that reduces the integrity of the force. That reduces the resilience of the habitat. Mm-hmm. That affects what species can live there. Bernheim is world famous because we're tracking golden eagles mm-hmm. from Kentucky, here in Kentucky, that's, spend their winters at Bernheim, all the way up to the Hudson Bay of Canada. And we have solar-powered backpacks on those, a male and a female. The male is Harper and the female is is Athena. Wow. And we're tracking them back and forth. And what we're learning is they stop every night at a new protected area and a new large forest block. Wow. They don't put up with all kinds of people. Right. So if Bernheim gets cut up too much, or these other blocks of land get cut up too much, the Golden Eagle in the eastern United States yeah. is really in trouble.
0: They'll stop coming. That's, no. a,
1: that's an example of what happens. Now, the other thing that happens is every time you cut these up, pipeline, or particularly a highway, you're adding air pollution, water pollution, noise pollution, industrial and, and yeah. residential development along those routes.
0: Yeah.
1: And of course that, that unfortunately that tragedy that happened just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. was south of here, mm-hmm. the explosion of the pipeline that killed one person and injured several others. Yeah, I heard you know, about that. Yeah. that. Imagine if that took out several thousand acres of forest with yeah. a forest fire. Yeah. That's that's really tough. So that's a worst case scenario, but yeah. things like that happen. Yeah. So what we want to do is keep Bernheim intact. We want to keep that integrity there mm-hmm. because large species, unique species, mm-hmm. need it. Indiana bat and the northern long-eared bat are two endangered bat species mm-hmm. that use the forest of Bernheim because of the water, because of the size of the forest blocks, because of the age of the trees. Mm. And so we don't want to lose all of that.
0: Yeah. What can, uh, if people you know, hear about this or read about it online, what can the community do to kind of help?
1: Well, what people have to understand, just like any cause, mm. their voices matter. Mm. Your vo- voices matter to help people understand that you care about the land, you care about future health and well-being of our communities. Mm-hmm. Because we are providing clean air, clean water, beauty, nature, biodiversity, jobs. Right now, Bernheim is bringing in 450 to 500,000 people this year because we're an ecotourism center, and the wow. forest giants and the giant forests yeah. are just a huge hit on the Internet. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. people are coming from all 50 states and many foreign countries to yeah. see these forest giants.
0: That's pretty cool. So
1: we're putting heads in beds and, and people in grocery stores and gas stations and, yeah. you know, everywhere else. And and that's an important economic driver. So we're proud of that contribution (coughs) to our communities. But the point is, your voices matter. So you can go to Bernheim, Mm -hmm. uh, .bernheim www.bernheim.org. Okay. Or you can go to forestunderthreats.com. Forest under Under Dot .com cool cool and there you'll find a whole toolkit of ways you can make a difference yeah. there's petitions you can sign automatically there's letters you can sign and send automatically there's letters you can download and add your own notes to and send mm-hmm. um, there's additional addresses for emails and phone calls mm-hmm. and I'll tell you it's really important that people hear phone calls and get personal letters yeah. on these kinds of issues your voice can make a difference
0: yeah i believe that cool so that's another question I wanted to ask about the forest giants. Yeah. Uh, I think they're fascinating, <laughs> but I have no idea how they got there. And I was wondering, what, the, what is the story behind the forest giants?
1: Well, uh, you know, it, it's a wonderful story. Yeah. And, and first of all, I will tell you, whether you're 2 or 92, when mm-hmm. you go up to these forest giants, mm-hmm. you smile. Yeah. It's almost just that simple. They're just a delight and a surprise yeah. and, and amazingly powerful. What they are are three recycled wood sculptures mm-hmm. created by a Danish artist, Thomas Dambo. Okay. And Thomas was came over, was invited to look at Bernheim, and this took almost two years to get him in place. But he came over and looked at this. And the reason we wanted to bring in these forest giants was in celebration of our 90th anniversary. Nice. And so we wanted to connect people with nature in a very unique way. Mm -hmm. And and we wanted to do it big. So what's bigger than a giant?
0: Right, exactly. (laughs) And and where they're placed, too, is actually... It's pretty cool. So
1: we have three of these that were built by Thomas and eight of his artists and friends Mm -hmm. and 200 volunteers at Bernheim Mm. in about a six-week period. Mm. And they are magical. It is Mama Lamari, who is the mama, and she's kind of sleeping and resting under a tree in one area of the forest. Little Nis, who's the youngest son, and he's just crawled out of the forest. And he's looking at himself in a reflection of an Olmstead pond. And, nice. and he's thinking to himself, how can I be a forest hero? Yeah. What can I do to protect this forest? Yeah. And then there's the daughter, Elena. Mm-hmm. And she is placing stones. And she, you, know, you don't see her move much. They don't move when people are around. Yeah, but yeah, she's you know. still working yeah. on this project. And she's placing stones and creating a golden eagle feather. Nice. So that we can too tell that story about the protection of golden eagles and their need for large forest blocks. Cool. And so these forest giants have been only a few months in Bernheim, mm-hmm. and yet they're, they're created a wonderful a series of images Mm -hmm. on all the social media look them up you'll find some
0: beautiful images i have so many friends who have already posted pictures of them like posing with the giants (laughs) or something like that and it's it's obviously it's been a huge attraction but um i wanted to ask you as executive director um what's some of your favorite things about bernheim forest and like what are some of your favorite Uh, memories
1: oh my well, I, um, you know, some of my favorite memories, oh, well, I'll give you one that in- involves the Giants. Mm-hmm. Just, just a few, probably a month and a half, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Elena had a bracelet on that the, the, the um, artist put on her as part of her decorations yeah. on one wrist. And it was a simple wire and it had a few um, uh Quartz crystals attached to those wires. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody who didn't use very good judgment stole them. Oh, and yep. you know what? <laughs> Social media went on fire. People yeah. were just outraged that the, you know somebody would have the gall to do that to such a beautiful work. Right. Well, in response, we now have a community of people who are bringing beautiful little trinkets yeah. out to Elena, and her her bracelet is now sometimes thick as a as a I don't know, uh, <laughs> and a, a tube, wreath, you something. know, yeah, and a yeah, wreath, yeah. And, and they're decorating their hair and that's all kinds cool. of, and so it, what it created was this public outreach to say, hey, we want to respect these mm-hmm. creatures, this art, we want to respect what it means for the forest, mm-hmm. and show that people are good at heart, yeah. and to me, that's the kind of story that lingers with me, yeah, um, uh, uh, another story is that we've had a number of people over the years who have said, I'm coming out to Bernheim regularly because I'm terminally ill.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: when I get in nature like this, yeah, it gives me a solace, a peace, a tranquility yeah. that I can find in no other way. Yeah and you know that's 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 hard i'll tell you right now um
0: going up on that canopy walk oh yes (laughs) where all the leaves change and everything for those of you who haven't been there find the canopy walk at bernheim but getting to the top of that and walking when you're out
1: at the edge of this uh platform that we built on the side of a hill you're actually 70 feet
0: above the forest floor that's amazing and it's it literally feels healthy to be up there i know exactly like what they mean there's something about nature that is just it's good for you yes but um one of the things that i also wanted to ask was i was out there with my girlfriend a couple months ago and i saw this lady she was she was not on one of the trails but she was off near a creek and she was taking measurements And when I talked to her, she was studying the impacts of, like, human interaction for certain environments and everything. Like, if you literally did a footprint, like, near a creek, like, what would that do to the erosion? How would that change the stream and all that? What I was wanting to know is what, um, like, what is y'all's involvement with the education community and everything? Like what all do you guys do with that well
1: first of all we have a vibrant education and Mm -hmm. research uh, programs Mm -hmm. um and we have great staff in both of those areas as well and so we uh we bring out um over 10 to to fourteen thousand students a year to go through formal programs at Mm -hmm. bernheim Mm -hmm. formal educational programs a lot of those deal with water quality issues understanding how rainfall is filtered by the forests and mm-hmm. the, and the limestone rock and is purified in those processes and yeah. how it becomes groundwater and that groundwater contributes to rivers and yeah. of course that's the water we end up drinking right um, other programs can be very simple about arts and nature and, and understanding beauty and and create creativity and those kinds of things we have a huge program Mm -hmm. in outdoor play, in free play, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And that's where kids can be kids, Mm -hmm. and they make up their own games, they make up their own rules, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of academic studies that show that this is good for childhood development, it's good for understanding risk, it's good for school readiness, Mm it increases creativity, it really is great for the social behavior of children to yeah. play naturally outdoors.
0: Yeah, of And course. so we
1: now yeah. have a network of people throughout the region mm-hmm. who are doing this in neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, in Louisville, in Barstown, Elizabethtown, Frankfurt, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and smaller communities throughout, yeah. trying to get kids outdoors to play naturally. So so um, Bernheim has big programs in education, wonderful programs. Um, events in education. Mm-hmm. In fact, Colorfest or Fall event mm-hmm. in October is often very, very busy because mm-hmm. it's a combination of both just fun and learning. Mm-hmm. And of course, if the trees are hitting, if the leaves are in, in full color, yeah. it's absolutely striking. Yeah. Um, but we also then have research programs that occur. And those research programs might be the impacts of people on nature. It might mm-hmm. be the effects of fire, yeah. controlled fires, on the regeneration of oak trees mm-hmm. and why that isn't occurring properly in the East Coast. Or, as I said before, it might be tracking golden eagles yeah. all the way to Canada and back. So, cool. And everything in between. So, you know, it's one of the things I do like about Bernheim. And one of the things that you asked, what are some of the things I like best? Yeah, is I often get this 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 reaction when people truly understand all the programs and activities going on out there with such a small staff. Yeah, um, it's sort of like wow, you know, I had no idea, mm-hmm. and that's it. There's always something to discover at Bernheim.
0: I love that. That's cool. Um, so, what are uh, uh, you mentioned Color Festival in October? What are some of Um, the regular events that occur on a yearly basis in case, you know, if somebody wants to plan a weekend or something like that to go out to Bernheim, but they want to see what's happening there, what what all goes on?
1: Well, um, August, and we just had it this last weekend, is mm-hmm. one of my favorite events. It's called Connect, mm-hmm. and we had 6,000 of our best friends out there for a four-hour event, two hours before sunset and two hours after sunset. Wow. And I describe it as a collision between arts, science, and nature. Nice. And so there's wonderful music, there's kids friendly play areas including a mud pit yeah. which is often enjoyed by kids and adults okay um, and there's burning sculptures on the lake there's beautiful you know uh, activity with drum circles and all kinds yeah. of things so you know our events are uh, are always to be held there nice. they're just always something fun to, to, to discover
0: cool um, so one of the other questions I wanted to ask was since Bernheim is uh, a conservation of nature. There is, you know, I think we probably just hear about it daily, about our impact on the world, our impact on the environment, and even um, basically what's been going on in the Amazon. I don't know if you've right. heard anything about that. I sure. wanted to ask you, um, what are your thoughts as the executive director of a conservation on at least the Amazon forest. Do you know anything about that?
1: Well, I have, I've been following it just like you have in the yeah. news, and that is that, you know that to say that it's the lungs of our, of our world is not an overstatement. Yeah. And to have those lungs on fire is a really a sad thing to, to mm. understand. But you know, I, I will tell you, what my takeaway from all of these reports from the United Nations, from, mm-hmm. from scientists around the world, from many scientific bodies, is that we need to understand that climate change is happening, it's happening now, Mm -hmm. and we have to take some dramatic steps. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that's opportunities to create a new way of living, to create a softer way to interact with the earth yeah. and still move the human condition upward. Yeah. Because you know, we do have to provide better food and better water and, and you know yeah. better housing for people around the world. Mm-hmm. And I believe we can do that if we learn from nature right. and have less impact on resources, on water, on air, on, mm-hmm. on wildlife. And we can eat healthier in mm-hmm. the process as well. So to me, it's, it's a doom and gloom kind of scenario, yeah. and we're running out of time, but the opportunity is there for us to change course. And mm. so Bernheim leads the way. We have a platinum LEED certified visitor center, which is as energy efficient and has other really cool attributes to yeah. it. It's as energy efficient as it can get. Mm -hmm. We have a a Living Building Challenge Edible Garden where we're growing produce to show people how to do that. And we're serving that at our cafe. So it's as local, organic, and and delicious as anybody could ever ask for. Nice. Um, And we're teaching kids how to grow vegetables and do Mm -hmm. other kinds of science in that garden as well. Mm -hmm. But we're also restoring streams many small streams in Kentucky have been moved by farmers to one side or the other of a valley. We've restored one stream already to meander down this valley which cleans the water, provides habitat, etc, etc, and we're about to do a second stream. Mm. So we're very excited about that. We run living roofs, green roofs in downtown Louisville Mm -hmm. because the heat bouncing off of roofs or being uh, absorbed by roofs right. is really counterproductive to the uh, to the health of, of mm-hmm. the human people who live there mm-hmm. and it's heating that city. And so what we're doing by growing roofs, literally mm-hmm. growing plants on roofs, yeah. we use that light and heat energy yeah. uh, to positive. when we're creating habitat for birds and butterflies on the roofs right. instead nice. of heating up the city. So Bernheim takes active roles in all of this mm-hmm. with with planning and looking for ways to create jobs and create opportunities and create beauty mm-hmm. um, while addressing climate change.
0: Cool. Um, so we're dealing with this pipeline kind of going right through Bernheim. And so all up until now, Bernheim is, has been pretty um, well taken care of and and kind of isolated and whatnot, but um, from what you can observe, do you notice or see any changes in Bernheim forest from outside development of like infrastructure of our city or anything that we're doing outside of the environment of Bernheim?
1: Well, you know, it's it's really interesting because um, we used to think of conservation as saving a place. right? And no matter what size it was, you know, saving that island of land
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, was important, or saving that one stream was important. Mm-hmm. What we now realize is that that's not good enough. If you want to be here for 90 years and 90 more after that and mm-hmm. 900 after that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then what you need to do is create connectivity. You've got to c- connect with mm-hmm. other protected lands. Mm-hmm. So that what you do is create this network, this, this spider web of protections. Mm-hmm. And these corridors so wildlife can move back and forth so that species can seed up to the north as it warms, or mm-hmm. down to the south, you know, or whatever the needs are of those species. Right. And so that's what Bernheim's were working on. What we're noticing is Louisville um, and the whole region is growing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. And the old model of building roads to move trucks and cars is the old model of how right. we're going to grow. Yeah. And so what we're trying to say is, guys, Let's provide the energy that people need, mm-hmm. but also let's look at green energies where we can. Yeah. Let's provide the road systems, but you know what? Maybe that means improving existing roads rather than cutting through the earth to create new ones.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so you know, it's it's about let's look at the future in a different way and mm-hmm. figure out how to have win-win situations right. for the environment, for wildlife, for water and air, yeah,
0: and people. Mm-hmm. So. You obviously you want both sides to come out on a positive note. If we you, do. If you had it your way, what would this situation end up looking like?
1: Well, I think what would happen in the short term, a pipeline would be built, but it would be built through existing right of ways, mm-hmm. so that not new land is taken or new new communities disrupted or have to worry about a pipeline right through their backyard. Okay. Um, if, if we had our way, we wouldn't build a whole new highway system. We can't maintain the ones we have now. Right. We would improve the roads and local uh, conditions and do some better regional planning yeah. uh, so that we aren't creating con- uh, congestion by putting too much in one space. Mm-hmm. Rather, let's put nodes of activities along existing roads so you spread out the pressure. Yeah. Um, those are things. But I would also say the long term is really looking at, wait a minute, what is transportation going to be in the future? Let's start asking that question. That's a big question right now. (laughs) And the other one is, let's look at green energies Mm -hmm. and how to be energy efficient. If LG&E doesn't want to build a pipeline through Bernheim, well then mm-hmm. let's push conservation of existing energies. Yeah, Let's let's insulate homes, let's reduce the use by industries. Mm-hmm. Let's really push and give incentives for people to save energy. Yeah, Not much of that occurs. Some does, but not much. Wow. So, yeah. you know, we need to think, Bernheim likes to think, we're, we're celebrating 90 years. Mm-hmm. We're already thinking about the next 90.
0: I feel that, that's cool. Um, Well, a couple more questions, and uh, my next one I want to ask is, as Executive Director of Bernheim Forest, um, all up until now with the pipeline, what has been um, some of your greatest tasks or challenges um, in your time with Bernheim?
1: Well, I I think it's uh, one of the true successes uh, has been that Bernheim was a little bit of an island in that if you If you made your way to Bernheim, you had a great day in nature Mm -hmm. um, for for many years. But Bernheim didn't do much as far as reaching out and really inviting people in or Mm -hmm. engaging in some of the local community issues and activities. And and that's changed quite a bit over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And so we're really proud of the fact that now Bernheim is interacting with communities and inviting underserved communities in to our gates and figuring out ways to do that. And by the way, Bernheim has a $10 recommended donation. Mm -hmm. That's $10 per car, and it's a recommended donation. Okay. If anybody ever says to us, I don't want to pay, I can't pay, or can I give you $2? Right. We let you in. Yeah. It's just that simple. We're not going to let money get in the way of admission. We want people to connect with nature. Yeah. So I'm very proud of the way we've been reaching out over the last bunch of years. Um, the other is that we're proud of the fact that people are starting to understand some of what Bernheim has to offer. There's more visibility about our story and our mission mm-hmm. and our vision. And so people are understanding that we're doing some of the research that needs to be done for Central Kentucky. Um, we're having some of the fun education programs that need to occur here in Central Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And um, and people are starting to understand that we've actually had a global reach for many years. Yeah, We're celebrating our, our 40th anniversary of our Artists in Residency program next year. Oh, cool. For 40 years, well, 39 years this year, we've had Artists in Residence. And they've been fabulous people from throughout the United States, but also from, I don't know how many countries, 27 different countries? Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, last year when we put out our call for residencies, and we have three, um... We had 160-some we had applications hmm. from something like 37 states and, and 28 countries. So, you know, people have known about Bernheim yeah. worldwide even better than maybe they've known about Bernheim in Louisville or in this right. region. Yeah. So we're trying to change that. But we're very proud of the fact that we're bringing the world to yes. Kentucky and Kentucky to the world because we're proud to be here. Yeah. We love Kentucky, we love the people of Kentucky and we yeah. love the wildlife of Kentucky and we really want to, to celebrate those.
0: Nice. Cool. All right, well, I typically, um, near the end, I do some rapid fire questions with okay. my guests to kind All of learn right. a little bit more about you. I'm ready. And uh, <laughs> just feel free to answer what you can. Um, what is your favorite movie or your top three favorite movies?
1: Oh my gosh, oh, I'm terrible at these guys <laughs> because <kinds of, laughs> I never remember the movie names. <laughs> oh, <see. laughs> um, um, oh um I, I i hate to say it, it's probably one of the tarantino movies so oh yeah? <laughs> yeah i kind of i have a little bit of a dark humor side to did
0: you me. see uh the newest one
1: i haven't yet but i
0: haven't though. either and i want to <laughs> i'll probably go see it tomorrow yeah but all right cool um what are your what's one of your favorite books or your top three favorite books
1: oh um uh, american canopy is one that i read probably a year and a half ago okay and it's this wonderful look at history of the united states um, and from from founding you know, or from uh, colonialism all the way to, I don't know, Roosevelt or something, um, uh, but kind of based on the impact that the, the tree canopy has had. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just a wonderfully written history of the United States.
0: Cool. What are some of the best advice you've received in your lifetime? And that one's kind, um, that's know, kind of a know, hard question. Maybe. You know,
1: actually, that's an easy one. Oh, okay. one, one of the uh, best things I've been told is to enjoy people and listen to people. Wow. And, you know, the first one is easy. The second one takes intention. Yeah. And so, you know, I find I, I, I really do enjoy people of all ilk. Mm-hmm. And and I try to listen to people. Nice. And, and I try. And sometimes I'm better than other times, but I love I yeah. love it when I really hear somebody.
0: Cool, cool. If you could travel to any place in the world that you haven't been to yet, where would you go? Ah,
1: um, uh, probably Antarctica. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, it's. Uh, I'm worried that it's not going to be there for that much longer. Oh, wow. Yeah, kind of sad. But yeah. I think that the... Uh, Ice caps, you know, are yeah. documented as melting. Um, that's causing all problems in the north for polar bears yeah. and in the south for penguins. Did you hear
0: about that iceberg in uh, uh, Greenland? Yes. I what do you think did. about that? Because I, somebody, it was a small post that I saw, and I was like, "Well, oh, that's sad," but I probably wouldn't understand the impact as much as you did.
1: Well, the the interesting part is that's the first time in human history that we've truly documented quote, the death of a, of a glacier. Mm. And so that glacier stopped moving a few years ago, and now it's actively receding. Yeah, And it will no longer, there's no, no model that says it will ever regrow. Wow. So it's essentially the first time we've ever seen a glacier die.
0: Wow. Mm. If you could educate the audience about something with, conservation and nature, what is one thing that you would want them to know right off the bat?
1: Uh, that they can make a huge difference in their own home and backyard.
0: Yeah? Honestly. How, could, how can they?
1: Oh, well, you know, one, people don't realize that uh, many of us have dogs mm-hmm. or cats as pets. I have six. And <laughs> <laughs> and disposing of those fecal material is yeah. really affects uh, water quality. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so that's a real important one. Get out there okay. and pick up. Yeah. Uh, but the other is by planting native plants mm-hmm. in your yard you can actually enhance your insect population some people say oh i don't want to do that i don't want right, insects right. but insects are the building block of, of many food chains yep and most insects are a beautiful addition to a yard and not a pest yeah so you know and then pollinators are in trouble etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. so you can make a huge difference in your home mm-hmm. turning down the th- you know turning down the Thermostat. The thermostat, yeah. you know, um, a, a little bit in the winter and turning it up a little bit in the summer. Yeah. So you're using less energy, mm-hmm. uh, the way you use water, the products you put down your toilets and drains yeah. all make a difference. Wow. You know, it, it really, we forget how many things we do on a database, day-to-day basis that mm-hmm. impacts yeah um, the environment beyond our homes and our yards.
0: Yeah, and then speaking of insects, actually, I wanted to ask you about that um i know a lot of bee farmers yeah, right yeah. and i was wondering if bernheim had anything to do with bees like do you guys do anything with bees
1: we do we have a number of hives that are maintained by volunteers and okay, we actually cool. uh, both sell and give away some of that honey
0: okay and cool. so it's
1: really fun and then the and and we do educational programs so we we get kids up in bee yeah. suits and they get to care for the hives and you know wow. learn about bees um, but also, we know that we have at least 27 species of, of native bees, bees oh, wow. that we've identified, and the native bee populations are as important as the honeybees. bees, yeah. so uh, there's, there's a lot we do with bees.
0: Cool, cool. Well, my last rapid-fire question... <laughs> I'm not so rapid, though, <laughs> am I? <laughs> no, you're totally good. Um, Mark, how would you say you are living your life on a mission? What is your life mission?
1: Well, my life mission has always been to turn people on to nature mm-hmm. and 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 let them understand how important it is, um, to the world, to mm-hmm. the community, and to themselves. Nice. Because when you're really connected with nature, you're connected with something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And that's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you for being on the show. Um, I want to give you an opportunity one more time to uh, give the websites out where people can help. What are they? One more time.
1: Well, you can go to bernheim.org or forestunderthreat.com. Mm-hmm. Any and, social media? Uh, yeah, we're all over Facebook and all okay. those others. Cool. Uh, so just look us up, and uh, it's a real honor to be here. Thank you for this opportunity, and please, you.
0: your voices are important. Thank you so much, Mark. Guys, um, I will post that information below when I release this episode. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I hope you learned something new today. I definitely did. And uh, we will see you next time.